0: Welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica. And I am your host.
1: My name is Cassandra, and I'm your other host. How are you, my darling? Well, Cassandra, I
0: honestly I weigh .001 ounce more today than Uh-oh. I did yesterday. I got a new IUD put in. Oh wow! Congratulations! And thank you so much. You know, I was expecting, and and now the little bundle of joy is inside of me. Here's some <laughs> things that happened. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, the doctor was like, "Hey, did you take some, you know, ibuprofen?" And I was like, "Absolutely." feeling good, you know, and then they're like, do you, ha- are you allergic to any smells? And I was like, no, they're like, we'll do a little aromatherapy to put you at ease. And I was like, okay. And by that, I mean, they handed me a, a, a tissue, tissue, <laughs> so, like a, like a little bit of a wet tissue, a damp tissue. <laughs>
1: that had a scent. And Ugh. I was like, are you guys going to chloroform me? Because I would prefer that. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, like, finally, they're they're finally starting to listen to women when we say that we should be getting given anesthetics when we get this procedure done. If you're not a woman or if you are a woman, you haven't had an I- IUD done. It, some people say it hurts worse than childbirth. So- <laughs> Hey, yeah. the chloroform is a nice touch if they won't just, you know, give us something else. Yeah. So they, they, they chloroform, they just gave me like aromatherapy,
0: like wet, you know, damp tissue. Then mm-hmm. they put like a numbing agent that they use to incubate people, like the spray that they put down people's throats to like numb them when they have to like, you know, intubate the Mm -hmm. They put that all up in my area. Oh, that's nice too. They gave me a heating pad that also vibrated. So it kind of distracted me in a way. I was like, was like a toddler. You know, how they give like little kids shots now and they have like a thing that makes a loud popping sound. They were like, we're going to do this for her. (laughs) It was just, it was a very, you know, pleasant experience. And then afterwards, like, how's everything going? They talked me through the whole situation. And then the doctor at the end, you know, she's like, okay, put the strings up in here. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, here's a, like an example. a you know, like a, an example, I want you to feel the strings. So you know what they feel like, so you can check for them. As if did, I just wanted to look, she's such a great doctor. I truly love her. I'm so blessed, but I want to look at her and be like, I'm never gonna fucking check for this,
1: girl. I've had two IUDs in my life. I have never once in my life checked for those strings. In fact, the couple of times I did check for the strings, just because I was like, "What could be happening?" I couldn't find them, and I was like, "Well, I've swallowed it. It's in my stomach now." But every pap smear I got, they like, said, "Then I can see your strings," and I'm like, "Yeah, you okay, okay,
0: okay." I'm just gonna nod my head and be like, "Okay," but she's like, "Just touch him," and I was like. I'm never
1: going to (laughs) fucking. If you're a woman who listens to this podcast, who has an IUD, this is a safe space. Reach out. Trashy, trashypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Have you ever actually felt your strings? Cause I'm pretty sure no one does. And then they, they turned off the
0: lights when I was done and get like mood lighting left me with a heating pad and was like, just take your time. Just, just, you know, whatever you need. And they just left me there (laughs) for
1: like 15 minutes. Man, I swear to God, when I got my first one done, I was at a Planned Parenthood and this is no shame. about Planned Parenthood. Girl, when it was done, I was like sh- convulsing, shaking and so much yes. pain. And they're like, hey, so the janitor going to be here in about 10. Can you, <laughs> can you get out of here? Cause we got to shut the lights off and lock the doors.
0: I, no, same. I also got my first one, uh, the copper one at a Planned Parenthood and they cast, <laughs> the doctor called in two other people for a second opinion. And I was like, well, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, I just, I just need some, I just need my colleague to like, just, just a second opinion. And I was like, you know, but like, <laughs> there's three of you now.
1: <laughs> What's wrong with my vagina and all of We need, we, all this, all we learn from this is that they need to put more funding into Planned Parenthood because Abs- this is a call for funding to Planned Parenthood. Cause I asked my new doctor and I was
0: like, yeah, last time I had this done, here's what happened, and she was like, "No, like, nothing,
1: nothing to see here." <laughs> Just oh yeah. When fine. I when <laughs> I got service. my second one in at Kaiser, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of how that went down," and they were like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's not good." <laughs> That's not good. This won't be much better. But uh you can rest assured that we're at least going to check and make sure it's in the right place. Because that they don't do that at Planned Parenthood. They pop it in and then yeah, they're like are you going to clock on or are you going to get out of here? And then at least when you go to, you know, the health insurance funded places, they'll uh they'll at least put an ultrasound to make sure they put it in the right spot.
0: They the, the first one come to find out I had just like such problems since I had it put in. And and they when they removed my first one in April, this doctor was like, oh God, this was like cutting your service. This is like bad. Like this is, you've been living with this? And I was like, yes, <laughs>
1: I didn't it's, know. It's just crazy. Again, <laughs> so this fun. is not- This is not us. Yeah, you have to fund them. This is not us throwing shade. We went to Planned Parenthood because I can't, I can only speak for myself, but I've known you a long time. We went to Planned Parenthood because we couldn't afford health insurance at the time when we got this done. And this was our only option. As much as we couldn't afford a baby either, this is what we got done. And It was the free. It was the free option, and you shouldn't be getting what you pay for when it comes to medical help in the United States. So I'm super glad that you had a nice experience uh, with this one. Yes.
0: I mean, I, I barely, barely a heating pad when I got home. I was like, I'm gonna do it just because I want the like the sympathy from Winston. I'm like, of course, yeah. A heating pad. But me. I felt, help me, I'm so little. Make me try tip. I'm so sick but I was yeah. like, I feel fucking fine. I'm great. Like I have nothing today, no pain. I was like, Oh wow. What a difference. But shout out to my doctor. Truly. If you, if you want the name, if you're in Los Angeles, I will give you that, that I just,
1: I'm glad that you find you got like a numbing agent. I have not heard of anyone getting that. And I've it's been the biggest mysteries yeah. of like, <laughs> is there really the things that like you can get a you're, you can get your mouth numb and some laughing gas for teeth cleaning, but you can't get a little bit of numbing agent when they shove a T-shaped apparatus. item through yeah. your cervix, yeah. like just raw dogging it in there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, people don't love women. <laughs> like medical, like, like just the world hates women. It seems. Now this lady was like, It smells like cherry. That's the only downside. You're right. That's the only downside is that it kind of smells like cherries. Anyway, it was, it was, um, such a magical experience. And then this whole week has been, I'm going to say it gold
1: star social media, Twitter week. It's been a crazy week and we have something very special coming up for you listeners. So do not, do not turn up, turn this podcast off. I know we've been talking a lot about IUDs, but (laughs) you got to just keep, keep listening because it's been a big week and we've got some stuff coming, but first I have to ask Erica, why are you trash? Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it to, to, to
0: further gynecological health, right? Okay. Okay. So I, (laughs) I moved to Los Angeles I think like 2000 in 2010, I don't, I don't think I know exactly when I moved here. I moved to Los Angeles in 2010 (laughs) and in 2012, I went to New York with or two, late 2011 or 2012, I went to New York with one of my dearest friends who has been on this podcast, Garrett Andronostis. Mm-hmm. And we were staying with our lovely friends in New York. They're so kind and generous and hosted us. And I had broken up with a guy. And so we were no longer dating. And we're walking. Hey, brag. The and, <laughs> and so we're walking in the streets in New York. We're shopping. We're fat. We're fat. We're sex in the city. You know what I mean? Just like. Totally. Three gals and a gay. Just going out in the world and <laughs> sex in the city in it. And I get a call from said ex-boyfriend. And so I'm like, oh, I'll answer it, whatever. And he calls to tell me that he has HPV and that I probably have HPV. Now I had not had the HPV vaccine at this time, which everyone under 26 should absolutely get because HPV can lead to a cancer. I don't remember all the details, but it's bad. Bad, bad, bad. It, we just- everyone, everyone has a little HPV. Every
1: girl, I remember it came out when we were in high school and all of a sudden they were like, you need to somehow schedule yourself for three separate shots yeah. or you're destined for cancer because yeah. men are carrying around this HPV <laughs> that literally does nothing to them and literally could uh, you. <laughs> fuck, fuck your life.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> so again, society hates- <laughs> like. Geology, evolution hates women. So he calls me and he tells me he has this <laughs> Crazy. I know yeah. almost nothing about like biology, sex ed, any of these things. Again, this is like 2012. This is like we're just starting to talk about you know this vaccine and all this and whatnot. So I drop to my knees on a New York City sidewalk, and I'm like, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I'm
1: just like uh, your so friends like, are like five
0: hundred twenty-five oh, thousand six hundred minutes. Holy, they're they're full in New York. They're you know Fifty Second Street. They're all these things. I dropped to my knees and I'm like, oh my god! And like, what happened? And I'm like, well, he has HPV, and that means I probably and like literally everyone looked at me and was like, well, everyone has a little. H- You're fucking fine. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately go, I get a schedule. I don't somehow have any of it, which I'm like, what does that mean, sir? And then I get the vaccine, you know, the three courses of the vaccine, etc. Yeah, the cor- three course. <laughs> the three course dinner that is the HPV vaccine. But I, I mean, I dropped my knees in the middle of a fucking New York City. I remember the outfit I was wearing. This beautiful light teal skirt that was like a really thick material. It was very, it was very 2012. And like this like satin mm-hmm. orange Long sleeve, like crossover on the top. It was ugh, so, and probably chunky, very chunky heels,
1: <laughs> and so, probably chunky jewelry too. And, oh, got a state! I probably had a statement necklace on. I can't remember. You that. were probably giving your business casual best to oh, go out. God. We were all that was two thousand twelve. I, mean, I, I didn't have a blazer on, but that would have been the, mm. the final piece of like. Did um, you have a peplum
0: top? <laughs> practically. <laughs> oh my God. I, I just remember being like that. And then those, like my friends were all just like, you're fine. <laughs> no, this isn't real. And I was like, okay. And then like, again, as soon as I got back to LA, I was like, get, get let's get it. Let's get it popping. But it was just so.
1: I anyway, just wanted to talk to you. I
0: think he just wanted to talk to me
1: and then, yeah.
0: But I'm just saying everyone should learn about the bodies. Like sex, that's so important. (laughs) Biology is so important. I I just think we should teach people proper things about their bodies. It's so important. And I had no idea and had a, "Uh, the world is ending moment in New York City. Anyway, just just full trash, just complete trash and and you know, dirty New York City knees.
1: New York City knees. Um fun fact, there's an episode of Girls that's very similar to the story that you just told. Yeah, just, when that so, came out, I was like, this happened to me. It's very possible that All maybe a young Lena Dunham saw me your freak out and said, "I'm going to use that on Girls."
0: All adventurous women do, right? Isn't that the thing she's yep.
1: <laughs> Yes, all adventurous women do. Oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit her up for royalties. I'm like, bitch, cut me in
0: anyway. What? Good luck. <laughs> Forgot about the I do remember watching that episode of girls and being like, it's me. <laughs> yeah. oh god if you were millennial girls just hit it just hit a millennial woman anyway (laughs) cassandra why are you trash let's stop talking about my vagina why are you trash well here's the thing
1: this is more why a person i encountered was trash but i am trash because i didn't do anything here's what happened we were up in uh norcal for a wedding which I'm just going to say it. I don't really like Northern California. Oop. I like have friends who live in Sacramento and I like that area enough, but the Bay Area, girl, you're, you're just trash. not for me. You're just it's... not for me. Yeah, that's it, a it nice way of it saying is. it. You know, it is, yeah. it's trashy. Um, But you know what? We don't always use trashy as a negative connotation. So truly, <laughs> it just, uh, I, it's I don't know. know. For me, she's not for me. So we were up in Sausalito, which is like, you know, a little, I don't know. I'm mean, in some NorCal shit. I can see San Francisco from Sausalito and it's like a beach town or whatever. We're grabbing a a drink at Sausalito's infamous dive bar, who I don't know the name of. And two gentlemen come in sweaty. And uh, this is like daytime, by the way, this is 1.30. I'm on vacation. So I'm drinking all, uh, all hours of the day. Of course. And the day of the wedding too. They walk into the bar and they're all sweaty and they kind of try like me and taylor on the corner of the bar you know and so then and there's one seat to the left of me and so they plan on grabbing that seat and then taking it elsewhere because there's just no room for them at the bar and taylor goes hey we can scoot one over if you guys want. And they're like, Oh man, that's really nice of you. So then this guy offers to buy us a round of drinks and whatever. So we're chatting with these people now. And I accept those free drinks. We are like, we're in town for a wedding. You know, it comes up that we just got married, whatever. The guy goes, Oh yeah. Congratulations. I've been married for 28 years. And this man looks like he's maybe in his early forties, but he's like, I've been married for 28 years. And I go, Oh wow. And then he goes, well, to be honest, I measure my my marriage in dog years because my wife is a bitch. <laughs> no. I swear to God. And I am, you know that meme of like where all the formulas start going in front of someone's head? You know? That's what happens to me, because I'm like, oh my God. Do I tell this guy to fuck off? Right you know, and just be like, cool. Thanks for shutting down this entire conversation. Like, fuck you. <laughs> do I laugh politely? Because he did just, he's buying our drinks. Right. Do I like, what do I do? And I opted for like, uh, 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 what? And like his buddy laughs, Taylor can't stop laughing. He thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever heard. I'm just kidding. He did not. He did not have that reaction. That doesn't sound like Taylor at all. No, he, but then he's like, uh, sorry. Yeah. That's a dumb joke. I don't know. And we kind of just like moved on, but here's the thing is that this man turns out to be very three-dimensional and That's this is the story. It's not quite a, I am trash, but how people are three-dimensional because although he is the same person who says that he's been, Married for 28 years because his wife is a bitch. Also, throughout our long conversation, the four of us, if I would start speaking, but then I would get cut off by someone else, you know, because four people chatting, like it's just bound to happen. It's not like anyone was being rude to me. He would literally stop and go, now, what were you saying about this? So he was like very much like making sure that I wasn't interrupted and always kept checking in to see what I had said. So I was like, (sighs) What's your deal, man? What's Anyways, your him, deal? Him and his buddy just had, they had walked from San Francisco where they live to Sausalito, which is about nine or 10 miles. Like that was like a thing that they do like once every yeah. few months. So they were just done this really long walk. And I don't know, uh, overall, I mean, people are so multidimensional. People are are interesting, aren't they? Like This makes me think though, that this feminist- his
0: wife actually is a bitch. Like, that's what I'm hearing. Wow, <laughs> that's that. I'm just. I can draw no other conclusion. This man was making sure you were
1: taken care of. Like sure, he respects yeah. women. His wife that's, just sucks. It was so confusing. <laughs> Anyways, I, that is. I, I, I is that why I'm trash? I don't know. But I needed to talk about. It's it. amazing. <laughs> I found a tweet that really summarizes this week. We're teasing him. We're teasing him. But say teasing. say the tweet, babe. Okay, so it's from Movie
0: Silently and it's a silent movie, you know, uh, Twitter account and it says, "If I had known this entire week would be a throwback to the 1910s, I would have worn a bigger hat. Rich people dying on the Titanic, an uprising in Russia, if someone launches a zeppelin, I'm
1: buying a hopple skirt." It's been a wild week. It's been a wild week. Oh, stuff's but, coming. But stuff's co- but wait, before we do that, we we got to close out Pride Month. Happy Pride, of course, of course, we have to celebrate. Pride Month, you know, she's almost over, and so we're going to do our first story from thepinknews.com, and it is a, it's a Pride story, because, hallelujah, the mafia has dropped its ban on homosexuality. Finally, we've been picketing. (laughs) (laughs) They've gotten our letters. (laughs) This don't ask, don't tell policy in the mafia is bullshit. Our change.org petition finally was heard by the Dons. Yes. kind of. Turns out, actually, (laughs) the Italian mafia has opened its doors to gay men for the first time because it has emerged that a mob boss's son is living as a fabulous drag queen. This is from thepinknews.com, a great
0: source for LGBTQIA news. Mobsters risk being murdered if they were even suspected of being gay. But once the fiercely homophobic mafia has now evolved with society, an anti-mafia investigator in the southern region of Calabria has revealed. Nicola Grari told the Times that although homosexuality is still too, too taboo among older bosses, the mafia has relaxed its rules to permit gay men in its lower ranks as long as they don't parade it in public.
1: It kind of is interesting, you know, first the Pope and now the mafia. The Italians are really catching up it's pretty soon we're gonna find out that mario and luigi are boyfriends Uh, brothers (laughs) yeah right are they brothers oh right because it's super mario brothers it's a and ernie situation if i've ever seen one I would well maybe it's more of like a a William and Harry situation and maybe that's wrong but like toadstool famously bisexual
0: famously fungi so, yeah. are all
1: bisexual you know they're they're here with the times history will call them roommates <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't
0: know what that is then and you're not I'm just, a lesbian sorry you're not a lesbian
1: so you know this is nice i guess i i don't totally you watch reality tv how do people get away with being mob wives like isn't that like obvious like if you're identifying as a mob wife or in this case Mm -hmm. like a drag queen whose dad is in the mob Mm -hmm. can't people go like oh okay so caught you you know Sure. I I feel,
0: from from my understanding of the amazing docu-series, Mob Wives, (laughs) Uh uh, which I've watched every episode of Of probably five times, essentially, you know, so some of them are the daughters, the granddaughters of famous mobsters or married to the mobsters themselves. And essentially, I mean, it's just like anything where it's like, I'm not, I'm not in that business. That's my, that's my husband. I'm not doing that. That's my dad. You know, Girl. so it's, it's like you can have pride of them, but they, the cops really can't like, that's the thing about organized crime. It's not smash and grab, you know, it's not, oh, you're holding the brick for your husband. It is really to, you know, the RICO laws to bring down organized crime. It, it takes a lot. And there is such a code of behavior and honor amongst those families and sects of the mafia that yeah i mean like there are people that have written open books like yeah i'm i'm a mob boss's daughter you know but they're not i mean no one's hiding really that they're in the mafia that's the thing about that particular sect of organized crime or like a lot of gangs are pretty like Yeah. I'm a member. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I watched an amazing like series last night. It was, it was like a dateline about an unsolved murder from like the eighties. Oh no, sorry, the nineties. And it was a bank robbery that happened in thousand Oaks. And they know for a fact that it was two members of the Crips, but they don't know. It's still an unsolved murder. Like they don't know exactly who it was. And they were interviewing like an older gang member. That's like, no, I'm, I'm still in it because like, this is the brotherhood. Like the, this is like the, the group of people I know. These are my friends. These are my family. These uh you know my my first pair of, of tennis shoes were bought to me by a drug dealer like you know a member of the Crips when i was a kid like my parents couldn't afford it like schools priests like the YMCA couldn't help me but these are the people that did contribute to my community and a lot of times like this comes in an absence of control you know like all the factories shut down in los angeles and now like 70 percent of certain like communities are unemployed thus the rise of crime like you know people are real resourced. this doesn't happen but it was really interesting listen this guy he's like yeah i don't i don't rob i don't murder i don't do any of these things but i'm working to bringing unity for all these communities and to like stop this part of the killing that's why i'm still a member of this gang because i want to work to make things not this way But they used to just do a lot of of drug dealing. That was like the rise of like the, you know, a lot of the organized gangs, especially in LA. But when Point Break came out, the white surfer movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Catherine Bigelow's masterpiece, Point Break, they were like, oh shit, we should just rob banks. And it was like a blueprint for how to do it, (laughs) which is great. I mean, it's true, like the, 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 I think like seven banks were robbed a day for like, after Point Brank came out and like in Southern California, it was crazy. And like the ones that are closest to like highways and roads are more heavily patrolled security wise. But the ones that are, you know, let's say a little offset from the road or not super close to a freeway, are going to have less security, just you know, distribution of like odds, and so they, they were fucking robbing banks based on what they saw in Point Break. I didn't expect to get a lesson in the Crips. Um, you know what?
1: Today, but I—that's why I, you
0: tune into Trashy Trashy. I'm sorry, I, feel, I just want like a
1: monologue. I, I feel better for it. And the moral <laughs> of the story is, you can be gay in the mafia. Let's move on to our next story. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Hey, have you ever gotten mad at your partner for something they did in a dream? Oh my god. Yes. I, have, I told the story of how I punched my sister because of what she did to me in a dream. That sounds really familiar,
0: but I want to hear it again. <laughs> so My sister, she's five and a half years younger than me, you know, Apple, my love of my life. So she's uh, a baby, <laughs> you know, she's like three or four. I'm eight or nine, you know, eight, five mm-hmm. years age difference. And we're all in bed with my parents. It's like a Sunday morning. Uh, we always used to come in and sleep with our parents in the morning, stuff like that. And so my dad, my mom staring at their beautiful daughters, just sleeping, like, oh, look at these beautiful creatures that we have. Oh, we made these, you know? Sure, sure. In my dream, my sister had just punched me hard. Oh. So my body, I'm like, you know, kind of laying down. My body just rears up a fist and just hits her
1: <clears throat>
0: hard. She's sleeping. I'm sleeping. You and sucker I punched her? Completely sucker punched her. and But my parents are sitting there just being like, oh, look at these beautiful, we made, can you believe they're so perfect? And we made them. <laughs> and they witnessed me just- And then they're like, what, what, what do you, you know, of course that she starts crying. She wakes up. I, I, my parents are like, why'd you do that? And I'm like, she hit me. And they're like, no, (laughs) we were sitting here watching you sleep. She never hit you. But in my dream she had. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't been mad at Winston as much as I was hit my little sister while she was sleeping because of something that happened in a dream. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Well. From APnews.com, this man allegedly had such a vivid dream about an intruder coming into his house that he accidentally shot himself in the leg. Jesus Christ. Gun control now. Yeah. So this is a suburban Chicago man who's facing firearm charges after he told officers he accidentally shot himself in the leg while dreaming that an intruder was breaking into his home. Now, it's not illegal to shoot yourself in the leg. What's illegal is the fact that this man had a state firearm owner's identification card that had been revoked and he still had a gun. So he had a decision to make when he woke up. He probably made the right one, I suppose, of like I still have this gun and I've shot myself in the leg and I'm losing quite a bit of blood. How am I gonna how am I gonna explain this off without them being too mad that I shouldn't have this gun? I guess this is what he chose. I mean, you got to make a plan. And like when you make a lie, commit,
0: you know, <laughs> if you just continue to double down, sometimes people won't call you on your shit, but they absolutely did.
1: <laughs> I feel like, first of all, if you are a sleepwalker, at least get a gun safe, you yes. know, if this is true, if this is true and this man actually had a dream where he had an intruder and he slept, walked over to a gun and then shot himself in the leg thinking he was shooting an intruder, you need a gun safe. But let's just say that that's not true. And he was like cleaning the gun that he wasn't supposed to have. It went and off in shot my hand. <laughs> yeah. Like something like that. <laughs> then come up with a better story. Like I, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life and I'm certainly not going to tell you how to break the law. But let's say maybe you call the ambulance and go, I've been shot in the leg. Someone has entered my home through the door, which I left unlocked and shot me in the leg, forced me to hold the gun and said, Hold it, you little pig. Took the gun from me and whipped it into my front yard. Yeah. That's about as believable, I'd say. How rude to call me a little pig. That's why I'm saying it's a little, yeah. it's like, yeah. a, it's the details, the specifics, too many specifics. It's obvious that you're lying, but if you have a couple specifics, it just yeah. might be true.
0: Yeah. And oftentimes the bigger the lie, the, like if you lie about something little, people are like, oh, bullshit. But sometimes the bigger the lie, truthfully, the more you can get away with it. That's why my parents, the, you know, the King and Queen of Moldovia, always you know taught us honesty was important you know so
1: yeah and the wolves that raised me were the ones that taught me that you know if you're going to lie to the police about uh, a gun not being yours you have to make sure that you explain why your fingerprints are all over it not theirs and that's where the whole like hold it hold it you little pig hold it now give it back i'm wearing gloves if Throw i it. ever
0: <laughs> God forbid I ever am around, I'm knocking on wood, but if I'm never, I, I never want to be like in a gun situation. No, but if I am, I want to, I want to use the phrase, you little pig.
1: Hey, <laughs> you know, I'm a writer and yeah. I guess poetry. maybe if I'm going back to edit my story a little bit, maybe it's a man came through my door, which I left unlocked because again, there was no Of course the cops like looked around. They said, there's no proof that there was burglary here, which the guy was like, did you check my dreams? But roll the footage on the dreams, roll the footage. <laughs> hey, that's very Black Mirror-esque. But, you know, like maybe it's a man entered my home because I left the door unlocked like a goof, wearing gloves, had a gun, tried to rob me. I tried to fight the gun from them, which is how my of fingerprints got all over it. Mm-hmm. They shot me in the leg, reeked out, because obviously they didn't plan on shooting anybody. No. Left the gun, ran. Yeah. That might, that is more believable, I think, <laughs> than, I had a dream. I had a dweem. I picked up the juice. gun
0: to, to, when I made a tourniquet to stop the bleeding, I picked up the gun to make it, you know, uh, I tied it around it so it would be tight. That's why
1: I, my fingerprints are on the gun. I picked up the gun because I thought if I shot myself from the other direction that maybe it would cancel out. and it would but push then it, the bullet out. But then yeah. once I realized that that was crazy, I dropped the gun again and I ended up calling you. You know, like whatever, whatever it is, but not, oh, I watched Monsters, Inc. last night or I watched something scary and then I had a dream and then <laughs> it came into my house and then I shot the intruder. Like, what do you have? Like an Oculus on? Why are you shooting at your leg if that's the intruder? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I have notes. (laughs) Well, this has got me worked up and you know what? Let's take a break because you're all worked up, but listeners, you're, you're going to want, you're going to want to stay around, you know, because when we get back... we got something special. Erica, do you have any concerts coming up? Always. I'm a festival
0: girly, you know. I have to get the VIP, though, because I I cannot go without an air-conditioned bathroom.
1: Okay, well, my sweet angel, planning for faster and efficient hydration is also essential for festivals. And Liquid IV has you covered while you prep before, power through that headliner, and recover after the weekend. Hey, now don't count yourself out while you're
0: drunk poolside all summer, Cass. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water and
1: with three times the electrolytes than traditional sports drinks. I mean, we really have no excuses. Liquid IV is actually standard in my purse. It goes phone, wallet, keys, liquid IV.
0: And with flavors like lemon line, pastique, that's French for watermelon. And my favorite, strawberry lemonade, staying hydrated
1: is easy peasy. Mama, I'm talking B3. I'm talking B5. I'm talking B6. And I'm screaming from the rooftops. B12. They've got all the Bs. And there's a little bit of vitamin C in there, too, just for kicks. She's made from premium ingredients and is free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Oh, thank God. I'm vegan now. I don't know if I've talked about that yet.
0: We know. We know. Okay. Get 20% off when you go to
1: liquidiv.com and use code TRASHY at checkout. That's 20% off of anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code TRASHY at liquidiv.com. Honestly, we're so trashy, we're hydrated. Wet trash. Welcome back. Well, trash cans, as Erica has already teased, this has been a big week for Trashy News. Basically, stories are fighting to be the biggest dumpster fire of the
0: week, the trashiest, the, the most this week. It's It's been a knockdown, drag out MMA
1: fight. And it was so big, in fact, that we had to profit on this. And by profit, I mean, of course, we had to change the format. So let's get ready to rumble. It's a dumpster fire pay-per-view event. Three dumpster fire-worthy stories back to back to back. We couldn't pick one, so we're giving you three. Oh my God. First up. These billionaires want to fight each other, literally. Yes, from MMAJunkie.com or USA.com or anywhere. All of these stories can be found just about anywhere. But have you heard that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg have proposed that they would like to fight each other MMA style? According to
0: UFC president Dana White, who is a piece of shit, both guys are absolutely dead serious. Two billionaires enter, no man leaves fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so in an interview with TMZ on Thursday, Dana White said that he's probably spent an hour and a half on the phone with the world's most high profile tech billionaires and found out that neither of them was joking about this proposed cage match stemming from social media. They both were like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. Is he serious? Yeah, he. I'm serious. Is he serious? You say, well, my dick is seven inches. Well, my dick is eight. Well, mine is nine. Actually, I just double checked. Well, mine is 10 because I was using a a weird ruler. Like that's, that is the energy right now.
0: Truly. It's like, I don't know. Let me ask them. Like Dana White's literally playing like eighth grade phone, like sleepover phone games with them. Yeah. Well, did you hear what Elon said about you, Mark Zuckerberg? And then you tell them and then they talk shit. Mark, you know, Elon, like Mark Zuckerberg talks shit. And then You go, well, you've been on a
1: three-way call the whole time. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. And both of them are just writing in their diaries, like I'm in over my fucking head and I hate this, (laughs) but I feel like if I back down now that everyone's going to realize that I'm actually just a butthole. So this (laughs) is the initial exchange. The CEO of Twitter, Elon Musk said, I'm sure earth can't wait to be exclusively under Zuck's thumb with no other options. And... Then people on Twitter said, hey, be careful, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he's been studying MMA because I guess that's what, you know, you're the CEO of Meta or Facebook and you have nothing better to do. This is, I think Mark Zuckerberg has gotten to the rich guy stage of learning how to fight in deathmatch. Musk said, I'm up for a cage match. If he is, LOL. And so Zuckerberg was like, send me a location.
0: Uh. Vegas Octagon, Musk responded, adding, I have this great move that I call the walrus where I just lie on top of my opponent and do nothing. That's also how he has sex. All those kids that he has, that's that's the walrus. (laughs) Musk is
1: (laughs) very good at the walrus. So, and it seems like the walrus thing is kind of like a joke, except for the fact that like, Mark, because everyone's saying like Elon Musk is bigger, but Mark Zuckerberg has legitimately been learning how to do jujitsu ju- for a year. And so it seemed like it was fake. But yeah, Dana White, that MMA piece of shit, is like everyone's taking it very seriously. And that Dana White's like, I'm willing to build, you know, an entire card with some really fun fights. And Musk and Zuckerberg would be the pay per view headliner. And of course, he's saying for charity.
0: Oh, for but, charity. But, 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 but,
1: for okay, charity. Sure, Jan. Dude, this is what <laughs> I wouldn't
0: both- do to just like slip one of them like a razor blade <laughs>
1: under the octagon or whatever. I'm pretty sure that both of these men combined have enough money to like fill up every charity ever. Just by the way. like, dude, dude Without dude, fighting.
0: Do you remember the thing where Musk was like, uh, how much money would it cost to solve world hunger? And then like Legit, oh my god, it was like Unis. Oh my god, who? Some organization that like literally takes this on is like, oh, exactly six billion dollars. We could build this, the infrastructure. We could do this. We could get the distribution. Blah blah blah.
1: And then Musk was like, oh, I'm I'm never gonna pay that fucking little worm. Even though he has he has it. And then some to still fund generations of all of his 11 or whatever kids. Anyways, so they Dana White was like, they could both pick a charity to donate, and we could, you know donate the pr- the proceeds from the pay-per-view that would cost probably a hundred bucks because everyone will want to see it. So you're still making, this should be free. This should be free. Why would you make this a pay-per-view? Why do we have to pay to watch these idiots wrestle each other? What for charity? <laughs> Are you joking? Are you well, joking? Are you, are you, you having joking? a
0: laugh? You having a laugh? They said that <laughs> the largest event was Conor McGregor boxing Floyd Mayweather in August of 2017. It was the second highest selling pay per view of all time with 4.3 million buys domestically. So White figures that that number would probably triple. Watching Musk and <laughs> Zuck. Those <laughs> names, like those are everything about the syllables that like Musk Zuck, or like. I just hate everything about it. Like it's, it's not even knowing their personalities behind it and who they are as people, their names anger me.
1: It's, it's a little harsh. And I just think if these guys want to fight each other, like put it, put Netflix live event on the, on the case. (laughs) Yeah. They can handle a live event. (laughs) I, I just like, I can't, if they want to fight each other, cool, like do it. I hope you both get super hurt. But <laughs> sorry, I do. Um and you'll learn more why a, as yeah. we keep going in this episode. But I I hope both of them
0: try to master the like the five-finger death punch from like uh Kill Bill yeah. or something. Yeah. And then they, they simultaneously learn how to they, they both
1: attempt it at the same time. I like, honest to God, the thing that offends me the most about this is just the fact that it'll be a pay-per-view event and that you're literally still putting it on the low, middle, and even like (laughs) a higher, but not as high as them class to pay to watch it. For charity, dude, fuck off. What I want, genuinely, what I want, Dana White, hear me.
0: I know you're a big listener to this podcast. Totally. And you know why? Recreate the Coliseum. Host this fight, but then also throw in some lions. Throw in a bear. Like sure. Like, but don't tell them that's gonna happen. If you really want to put on a show, make the Coliseum happen again. Christians fighting lions type days. Like bring back old Rome. Like I want to see Zuck and Elon like try to build like a
1: submarine for themselves to defend themselves from like a wild bear. By the way, Dana White, who, if you don't know what he looks like, he kind of looks like what you imagine the stomach of a, of a goose would look like when it's been foie gras. Oh my God. I'd never (sighs) seen him before. Yeah. Yeah. (gasps) It's, it's jarring. Um, This is animal cruelty, having him just walk around. He looks like a bald man version of a turducken. And that's a face, not even a dog. He is worth $500 million, at least just him. So just you know for like put it put it on 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 the free channels that everybody gets if they just plug a cable into into a wall do not make this a pay-per-view event you dickheads like ugh. anyways whatever we got a, we got another round of dickheads for our second dumpster fire event now entering the ring the fake Shein influencer trip from the daily beast the cut A lot of places, Shein has been sending influencers to promote its China factory. If you Google this, I just want to put this out there. If you Google this, Shein does a lot of things with influencers. And there's a lot of different options of trips that you can take. They even have their own little private jet that is made on the backs of slave labor. Absolutely.
0: Also warning, Timu, which has taken over advertisement. It was heavily advertised, I believe, at the Super Bowl. It is a, another Shein Alibaba type fun shopping app. The UN watch has is just issued a watch that the, probably all of their stuff is made by slave labor. So be be warnful of it. But yeah, Shein flew a bunch of American influencers to China to see their warehouses and their, you know, supplying. And you know, the 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 people quoted were like, I expected this facility to be so
1: filled with people just slaving away, but they weren't even sweating.
0: Let me said. ask
1: you something, influencer. If you expected the facility to be filled with people slaving away, why did you go? Did you want to see that? Do you, exactly, do you want to see what you get paid $2,000 a post to promote or or what? I, I, first of all, like spoiler alert, this whole thing turns out was a crock of shit. I mean- oh my god you know like
0: in in the old looney tunes cartoons when the coyote would have like an inf or the road big like an inflatable (laughs) train and then all of a sudden the coyote was captured inside of it because it was like a balloon this is this is what this whole thing was
1: so it's uh it's the the big cardboard cutouts of of the old Hollywood. West, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like painted to be perspective. But then if you keep running at them, you hit the wall. Yeah, so they these influencers, if they were even taken to China at all, they were taken into- right? Did they just a, drive them
0: around in the sky for a minute and just plop them back in
1: like Detroit? Did they even get on planes, Erica? Or did these <laughs> influencers Like, look, you? they had to have known what they were doing. Here's what happened. They went to- Essentially, fake factories. Yep. Took a bunch of photos. Mm-hmm. Talked to fake people. Yeah. I mean, this is like North Korean shit.
0: It, it, but- that's literally what I was thinking. And one of the influencers that that's uh, mentioned, and she's the video that's mostly circulating around. We're fed so much propaganda in the United States, and I spoke to people. They answered sincerely and like earnest. You spoke to propped up
1: actors. Uh, they said "Uh, there's no kids working here. They, they told us that their kids want to be online, just like us. Yeah. Girl, Um,
0: they, they got to go to some of the factories and also the innovation center. And I mean, it's truly, I'm not going to, Like point you in the direction of these influencers to come find, like you can search it yourself. We don't want to give them more views, but one of them said, I was really excited and impressed to see the working conditions. I was able to interview a woman that was worked in the fabric cutting department. And you guys know me, I'm an investigative journalist. I'm like, who is she, Trashy Trashy? I know. I I had the same thought. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So I asked her all of our questions and she answered them honestly and authentically. She was very surprised at the rumors that have been spread in the U.S., she told me her family, her lifestyle, her commute, her hours, and I'm like, the script she was fed. I mean, this is just like this is just like the the jury duty show, <laughs> the improv. Yeah. This if she asks you this, this is what you can say. You know, Ugh. it's at night they gotta take a cruise
1: on the Ganges River and and see the skyline. And no, this is bad. It's not good. There has been a lot of actual investigative journalism that's been done by actual news sources that have proven like beyond a doubt, look, Hey, I'm not going to lie. I've bought from Shein, you bought from Shein, but once this stuff started coming out, I stopped because it wasn't sitting good with me. And if you haven't stopped buying from Shein yet, that's on you, but it's, it's the workers' conditions. It's their pay. It's the ethical implications of
0: all of this shit ending up in a landfill. The, the, the fact that they rip off small
1: designers and don't credit them. There's just there's so many issues. A newspaper found in reality that Shein workers sometimes are working seven days a week with workers making what comes out to about 556 American dollars per month to make 500 pieces of clothing daily. Even if you've ever received a piece of Shein clothing, you know that these influencers are full of shit because it's a, it's a complete gamble. The whole gag of it that everyone does because nothing fits consistently and nothing is this consistent quality because they've got tons of factories in tons of countries that will, will make children work on it and slave labor. You, you buy 17 pieces with the intention to keep two, because you know that 15 of them are going to be shitty. It's uh, it, These are, these is paper clothing that you're wearing. Yep. There are
0: one NGO in Switzerland found that they work 75 hour weeks in shops that have no emergency exits with barred windows. So, you know, I mean, this is a triangle fire, you know, triangle waste fire waiting to happen. And I also, I I read a real, I found a really interesting report about how Sheehan makes the sheer volume. So let's say H&M. Still fast fashion, but H&M can make, let's say, 25,000 articles of clothing in a year. Uh Shein is putting out like close to 5,000 articles a day. What they do though is let's say they make a hundred of a sweater, a purse, a shoe, whatever. They put it on the website and then they see how well it's selling. So they might only make a hundred of something that's like fucking hideous, which most of it is. They might make a hundred and if it's like, oh, it's not selling, then that's it. But if that sweater starts selling and people are adding it to cart, adding it to cart, then they'll ramp up scaling on that particular item. But they're still, they're not they're still making the initial products. Like they're still making shit that's never going to get bought. There is a clothing company I found that's called, I believe it's called Finesse. And what they do is they just put essentially digital images of things. And if they get enough people that are interested, add it to cart. And it's just, it's like, it's kind of like a Kickstarter in that way of, hey, we made this coat. Like I have this pink coat from them. And they were like, if if like, a thousand people want this coat, we'll actually produce it. But right. otherwise we're not making new material. That's just going to get dumped if nobody wants this thing. So, it, you know, that was kind of the interesting thing for me was that like, Oh, that's kind of an ethical way to do fast because you're not actually making the thing yet. But
1: yeah, this is garbage.
0: This is garbage. It, um, you know,
1: it just, yeah. it's a lesson in, You have to do a little bit of re look, no, you can't, there's just barely any way to keep your side of the street clean when it comes to shopping at this point, because I mean, unless you're literally only shopping in thrift stores, it's, it's tough to, I I mean, I love, I love buying stuff from old Navy. That is also fast fashion. I think what you have to do is just, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, yeah. And Sheehan has some products on there that definitely seem too cheap and too like on trend to mm-hmm. be, it's too good to be true. And so mm-hmm. it is, and you just have to put on your thinking cap because what's a bummer is that when you try to buy things that are made ethically and locally there, you pay for it.
0: Yes. Yes. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. But it is our responsibility. Like all of this, these clothing end up in landfills. There's an investigative journalist called Susan Bailey on Twitter. And she found the video that one of the main influencers from this trip. And here's my only issue with the, the, the everyone picking on this particular. And like her video is the one that popped the most. And she is like a plus size woman. Mm-hmm. And where some of the other girls on the trip weren't like fully women of size. So she's been fed some bullshit. And she's promoting their bullshit a hundred percent. But I do feel like they are picking on the heavier girl more than any of the other. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. It is a, a weird thing. But this uh, journalist Susan Bailey, she's has 20 years of experience of visiting fashion manufacturers, specifically in China. And she basically tore apart the video step by step of the how fake this factory is. So you know there's lack of safety signage. There's no fire escape signs. Even though this thing looks pristine and new, there's no fire extinguishers. There's no you dust. Know, there's no dust. It uh, doesn't look like a place yeah. that's actually been yeah. used ever at all. And some of the girlies, <laughs> they're they're they show one of the fabric cutters in the video, and she's like, "Excuse me, how can you af- only afford to cut one garment at a time?" Bulk fashion production means cutting through several layers of fabric to maximize efficiency. So it's all just staged. It's fully North Korea propaganda, you know, staged bullshit. So uh, anyway, I just thought that was super interesting. Then this particular influencer whose video has made the most rounds, she put a response video out because everyone's been, you know, ripping into her. And she's a plus size white woman. And she starts it off and she's like, I am not the one. And she just really goes into like, a pretty deep black scent and defends herself and like this stuff that she did in the video. And I saw a tweet that was, it was just, she just, I don't know, a lot of problems,
1: a lot of problems with all of it. So stop buying from Shein. Erica, we got one more. We've got the main event coming, but right before that, let's just take another
0: quick break. Guys, this week has been so jam-packed with trash. We had to cut some stuff. So we're just going to read out the headlines <laughs> to tell you what we had to cut to make room for the content this week.
1: Because this, this is also just too trashy for the podcast. It's stuff that we had to cut that's just, it's too trashy, but this is some stuff we cut. Ontario man accused of taking selfie with terminally ill patient charged with harassment. We cut that. Japanese cafe waitress fired for pouring her own blood into a cocktail. We, we cut that. BB
0: Rexa hit in the face by a thrown cell phone At a new york city concert
1: that's infuriating so we cut that
0: marjorie taylor green explains why she called lauren boebert a little bitch
1: (laughs) we don't want to talk about these women (laughs) so we cut that but i'm done teasing about it because
0: ladies and gentlemen
1: welcome to the main event It's time for the main event. It's time for the Ocean Gate submarine.
0: Y'all, if you were alive this week, you probably heard about the Ocean Gate submarine that went to explore the Titanic. Every news source in the world was covering it. Reuters, The Telegraph, CNN, TMZ. I think the Comanche County Chronicle was covering this. That's the newspaper in my home county.
1: It's It's a weekly edition. (laughs) Sure. Everyone, everyone's talking about it and we're no different because we are a legitimate news source. So we'll just really fast, just let's let's talk about, it's a submersible. And she went missing during a tourist expedition to the Titanic's wreckage. And then on Thursday, they were able to, because for a hot minute, they were like, it's God. Thirty-six hours of oxygen left, and we're you know search and rescue trying to find these people in this submersible, and then finally on Thursday they were like, oh, they they gone. They
0: probably knew they were gone the Sunday that like Father's Day, the Sunday that it went missing. That's the infuriating thing. It's like they're like, oh, we heard a loud bang and then lost contact, and then even yeah. the U.S. Coast Guard who spent the U.S. Coast Guard a eight figure rescue went into this, like at least $10 million. But the Coast Guard has basically microphones in the ocean. Like everything is mic. The US government is listening everywhere. And they're like, oh yeah, we knew that Sunday, but didn't tell anybody. So then everyone had this morbid fascination with like, how much oxygen
1: do they have left? So- Oceangate Expeditions designed this Titan to carry up to five people to the depths of 4,000 meters, which is where, right about where the wreckage of the Titanic sits. And it weighs 21,000 pounds. It can travel at the speed of three and a half miles per hour using electric thrusters. And it's got LED lights, sonar navigation, high end camera equipment. And a single itty-bitty porthole for you to see in case you don't want to watch everything that's going around you on tiny TVs. Titan's carbon fiber walls are five inches thick,
0: and the vessel is capped at each end with a titanium dome
1: bolted from the outside. From the outside. So you need people to help you get out. It was operated by a video game controller, Bluetooth video game controller. Bluetooth. I'm sorry. It's not even wired in. that. There's so many things about this story
0: that make me so frustrated, so mad, so mind-blowing about the facts of this, but you're
1: going to trust bluetooth at 13,000 feet under the water? Bluetooth, they don't even make headphones that you can swim with. Like Michael Phelps and all those uh <laughs> Olympic swimmers, they have to play that shit in the pool. You know, while you're working out on your treadmill, listening to Cardi B or whomever you like to listen to, they don't even make that for swimmers at 24 Hour Fitness. Sometimes the Bluetooth in my car
0: doesn't even always connect. (laughs) So that's just one thing that just is a stick
1: in my craw, you know? It's very frustrating. It's also frustrating. I mean, I'm just going back to what you were talking about with how expensive this search and rescue was, which I have a little bit about this farther down, but When you're talking about how expensive the search and rescue was, everyone was also talking about the fact that even if they did find them, that they are too deep. Like at the speed that these things move, they're too deep to bring back up in time and and to a place where you can get them out, like bolted out before they're going to run out of oxygen. So like it was literally not going to happen it was not going to happen what should have happened was that these ocean gate people called and said hey we lost contact with our people who went down to the titanic and then the coast guard said okay Thank then you. that that's okay we will uh we'll send our coast guard trash crew out there on you know on friday yeah. to go and and check this out because by the way it imploded the, this was the most humane way 1 of have a ended. second they it, it happens faster than your brain even registers that Something's anything wrong. has happened at all. So, the most humane way that these five men could have died, let's and let's talk about these men. We've got chairman of action aviation, Hamish Harding, billionaire.
0: Yes, he sells aircrafts to Fortune 100 companies, heads of state. He's a British businessman. Forbes noticed that he is. He's not included on his list of world's richest people. He was also one of six people on Jeff Bezos' own Blue Origins mission last June, where they flew to the edge of space.
1: He was on the penis rocket. But you also had Shazada Dawood and his 19-year-old son Suleiman Dawood. Uh Shazada was the vice chairman of Dawood Hercules, which is an investment and holding company based in Pakistan. He's part of the Dawood Group, which is a family business that for more than a century, this business is a century old, an heir to one of the Pakistani's largest family fortunes, fortunes. So billionaire and billionaire's 19-year-old son. Which I feel bad for 19-year-old son because he- he reportedly didn't
0: want to go, was scared, but wanted to go because it was Father's Day and he wanted to make
1: his dad happy. We have Paul Henry Nargoulet who is known as the Titanic's greatest explorer. He's led six expeditions to the ship's wreckage. And I think he was quoted on Twitter of saying that he was probably going to be on the only one that went in 2023 because of like they were predicting that the weather was never going to be good enough to do this. And I think he was right. I don't know if anyone else is going down there, and then of course we have the CEO of OceanGate, Stockton Rush, who has been quoted a lot lately about yeah. his um, antithy or towards his uh, what's a word that I can actually pronounce?
0: Lack of of
1: uh, his. A- Inf- Anti-epitome of regulations. His uh, dis- his disinterest yeah. of safety regulations. He has a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering and then a master's in business. I'm going to need those to be the other way around before yeah. I'm going to get on anything you built. That's scary. Yeah. These are these tickets were two hundred fifty thousand dollars a piece for these people. So. Um, I'm assuming that the CEO didn't pay for his own ticket. There was at least a million dollars to go down there. And you might be asking yourself, are we, are we bad for making jokes about this? I mean, I even considered it when it, when they thought that they were down there banging and had 30 hours left of oxygen. I was like, man, I really wish that we could talk about this on the podcast, but does that make us bad people? Well, listen, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know that sounds horrible um you know there wasn't as much attention to the greek migrant crisis that happened where over 300 pakistani immigrants died or i'm sorry 300 pakistani migrants died on a seeking ship it had less search and rescue media attention and overall fucks given by anyone where they actually had a chance to be saved but there are physiological sociological biological and logical reasons why you're not bad for making jokes about this, or why you've seen so many jokes that have been happening about it.
1: Yes. So it turns out, as if you didn't already know this from the bottom of your heart, it is not possible for the average person to feel a sense of empathy towards billionaires because empathy is primarily a trait based in community. So evolutionarily, it's a valuable thing because it helps us people build societies. That's why if you if you see someone
0: yawning, you typically if you have empathy you typically yawn as yourself because you're seeing your community experience something. So if you care about the people around you,
1: they are more likely to care about you. It's not a human-to-human human experience. This is a human-to-community experience. So that's why maybe some of the
0: you know shootings that we see, especially in the U.S., don't get the empathy they deserve because if your community wants guns, You're not going to care as much about a community calling to get rid of it, the it happens to you thing kind of happens.
1: So that's all that is to say, billionaires are not part of your community. They're not part of anybody's community. So how could you feel empathy for someone who the first thing that people do when they get that type of wealth is they try to distance themselves from communities and society because it makes it easier to control and exploit people whose labor you're stealing to make yourself rich. No one earns a billion dollars.
0: It is all built on labor
1: exploitation.
0: Billionaires are basically a crime against humanity. And just for perspective, because I feel like a lot of times billionaire is it's just not, the number is so large. It's not seen. So just to know for how long it would take you to become a billionaire. Let's say you are trying to save a billion dollars and you are able to save at a hundred days, a hundred dollars per day, tax free, you know, tax exempt. So a billion dollars divided by a hundred dollars saved per day is Ten million days. Ten million days divided by a calendar year three hundred sixty five is twenty seven thousand three hundred ninety seven point two six years to reach a billion dollars.
1: So, so you don't live that long.
0: So and by vi- three hundred four generations of your descendants, if you all live to ninety and all save that one hundred dollars a day, it would take you three hundred four generations to save up to that billion
1: dollars have there even been 304 generations on of humans yet who who can say cuz i mean who's the bible say? says so, it's
0: 6000 years old uh, but then science says it's something maybe else. there
1: has been 300 i who's to who say? Knows? i don't know
0: we're not we're not math or science
1: billionaires hoard resources and they create artificial scarcity for the sole purpose of increasing their wealth So it's deeply counterintuitive and self-destructive to have empathy for something that is openly trying to cause you extreme harm. Sure, like have, have, I'm calling you out, girl. Have empathy for the 19-year-old, I guess, but like- Billionaires cause you harm by using the product of
0: your own labor in the cruelest way possible to exploit you. The more they make you suffer, the more of
1: their labor- Of your labor, they can hoard. And the worst part is that they're not even using it for themselves. They are, they're hoarding, they're stockpiling this money that we work for. You know, the rare occasions that they do spend it on themselves, such as buying a $250,000 ticket to sit crisscross applesauce in a metal death trap, it's impossible to empathize with them. So
0: essentially that $250,000 ticket to a billionaire, just a 1 billion, is essentially... I saw a great girl on, like, say you make $50,000 a year, which is like, you know, more than average average. or well, maybe it might be above the average to be honest. So buying one $7 iced coffee, that is 0.0017% of your total income. The $250,000 ticket to a billionaire is the same as buying one and three fourths iced coffee at the $7 rate. So it's, it's not even a drop in their bucket. It's the way you would buy a coffee, them to drop 250K, a quarter of a million dollars. That's 65,616 school lunches.
1: So all we're saying is if you want to make a joke, you should make a joke because- But go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. If, you know, because if you're feeling like you're a bad person for like thinking for one second- that wasting million dollars of taxpayer resources to find these five idiots was like concerning and stupid. You're not a bad person. You're probably right on the money because do you think that any of these billionaires' families are going to foot the bill, the 10 million, $11 million bill? Three countries were looking for these people. The United States, France, and Canada We're looking for these people. And don't forget that Erica said there was 300 people who died off the coast of Greece who could have been saved, who we didn't all go help. You think that those billionaire families are going to foot the bill for this? Hell no. Probably not. It's probably going to end up in your taxes. And this isn't a new phenomenon. Like us, Twitter is a
0: a relatively new, like the access to social media is relatively new. The jokes are just getting better and crisper. But there are articles- from April 25th in 1912 where actual news articles that were published that someone quoted and said
1: when the titanic went down
0: when the ti- the actual titanic went down it was kind of the titanic to provide a ballroom for the mermaids that's from the evening news in Pennsylvania in 1912 like this isn't a new phenomena like
1: <sighs> but rich people drown themselves and you don't need to feel You don't need to feel that bad. Obviously, when they were running out of air, it was really hard to be like, God, that sounds like, that sounds like hell. That sounds really bad. You know, maybe you can have that human to human. I was, I'll admit it. I was like, that sounds bad. And people were saying,
0: well, what if that was a member of your family?
1: And I was like, bitch, it's never going to be a member of my family you know what speaking of their families we've oh, got yeah, yeah, yeah. we we can't we can't close out this submarine gates or ocean gate story without talking about mr hamish hardings stepson who has absolutely taken this and rode it to the moon and then crash landed on mars <laughs> <laughs> from the tab.com
0: there's a rundown of everything that the submarine billionaire stepson has said since he went missing. Now, when I was reading this and I heard stepson, and I followed a lot of this on Twitter as it was happening, I was thinking, oh, like this must be the behavior of like a 19, maybe 22 year old. Mm-hmm. This man was in his, he is older than I am. He is in his late thirties. He's 38 years old. Just keep that in mind while we talk about everything that's happened.
1: So, I I keep it in mind, girl. It's giving thirty eight year old billionaire stepson. To be honest, all of his behavior feels right on the crosshairs of what I would yeah. expect. This Brian attended after confirming that his stepfather was on
0: the missing vessel. He attended a Blink One Eighty Two concert, and I, people grieve in different ways. I absolutely <laughs> understand that. Like you know, I, you know, everyone thinks everyone's grief is different, but you know, everyone handles things in different ways. But he tweeted. To members of Blink-182 saying like, hey, I'm at the concert. My dad's on that missing sub. It might be distasteful being here, but my family would want me to, to be at the at mentioned Blink-182 concert. Show as it's my favorite band and music helps me in difficult times. Black heart, prayer emoji hands.
1: He then tweeted again at them saying I'm devastated but I'm coming to the San Diego show tonight so you guys can give me hope and cheer me up uh, respect to blink 182 that some billionaire stepson still can't get those backstage passes you know what I'm saying like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feels a little feels a little desperate so people on twitter were obviously like blowing him up and he was like what do you want me to do sit at home and watch the news not sorry this band has helped me through hard times since 1998 look dude if you're going to go to the Blink 182 show because that's honestly how you're coping with this rather than like just looking for like a thirsty way to get that inheritance, you don't have to do it on the internet. Like it's just like so stupid. So then Cardi B gets involved. God, <laughs> our she, avenger. So she goes on and she just kind of posts a video basically saying her her message is I would rather be broke and know that my friends and family were at home crying and like sad for me then be wealthy and have like a family member post about going to a Blink-182 show like an act like this and this guy just absolutely could not help himself he responded he slammed Cardi B as if she was trashy bitch that's our world stay out of our lane Brian So he tweeted shortly before
0: deleting his Twitter entirely, (laughs) Cardi B trying to get clout off me and my family's suffering. (laughs) I went to the Bleak 182 concert for coping rather than sitting at home and watching the news. Shame on you, Cardi. Get some class.
1: (laughs) You know, before he deleted Twitter, though, he did have time to flirt with an OnlyFans model. This OnlyFans model named Brea tweeted an image of her in her underwear with the caption, "Can I sit on you?" Which is great marketing if you're an OnlyFans model. I have, you know, good oh, no for notes. her. Yeah. Make make your bag, girl. But then uh, he quoted the tweet and said, "Yes, please." And then everyone <laughs> on Twitter was like, "My guy!" Literally, <laughs> three countries are looking for your dad, who might have 21 hours of oxygen left. And you're, yes, please. No. He tried to clarify and be like, oh, Brea's is
0: my, she's my online friend. Uh, you know, I always talk to is that they have a playful back and forth. I, you know, I always talk to her like we have a playful back and forth.
1: Yeah. You mean you give Brea a lot of money and so that you think that she's your online friend. Brea is doing her job. No notes for Brea, as I've already said. He then
0: followed up his initial
1: quote with her and said, please keep my family in your prayers. She's working. She doesn't have time to fucking pray for your stupid ass family. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Like, I'm at work. (laughs) He posted another tweet that said, ladies, I'm single, blue heart. I mean, he's, (laughs) this guy's, like I said, this feels, you think he's 19? I'm like, nope, this sounds like a 38, 39-year-old billionaire son. This this is what I'm thinking. Sorry, I'm to say that again. I'm sorry. That. This is what this feels right to me.
0: His Twitter handle was at audio guy 182 before he again deleted it. So Twitter users were like, Cardi is keeping female rap moving. Queen of momentum. And then <laughs> he got milkshake ducked real quick because he instantly on the 21st. So this happened. The 20th was the only fans on the 21st. He replied to someone not adding him at all saying she is trashy. And used a racial
1: slur. Yep. He, uh, yeah, he dropped an N-bomb and we don't want that. Nope. You don't, you don't do that ever. So maybe that's why he deleted. I mean, he was saying all kinds of weird things saying "quit quit tripping in my hood. Um, and then somebody posted like a mansion saying like, is this the hood that you're talking about? (laughs) Like, (laughs) He's, he needed to stay off the internet like many of us do in times of struggle. We need to stay off the internet. And uh, so now his Twitter's deleted. I'm sure we'll forget about him by next week. I hope maybe he can just go away. You I'll know, never think of him again. Wipe your ass with uh, money or whatever billionaires do. <sighs> but like, oh, keep, keep my family in your prayers. Yes, please. Ugh, gross. I can't. I mean, whatever. Like oh, oh god, I, they're fighting Ladies, each other. I'm they're single. <laughs> they're, they they want to fight in the octagon. They want to they want to <laughs> go down to the ocean. That's how you know that billionaire a billionaire shouldn't exist. They're doing things that make no sense. Yeah. At this yeah. point because they have they have everything. You have everything now. You have a billion dollars or more multiple billion dollars. Now there's literally nothing else that they can do and so it, it's getting quite it's getting quite medieval with them and maybe this is the maybe this is what needs to happen like maybe this is darwinism
0: like the musk and the elon thing makes me think of, so i'm musk and to, the elon you're talking about, Oh, am sorry
1: this, <laughs> i mean they're all the, the same God.
0: yeah they're all <laughs> it's just a synonym you know uh, sure. but this this like this billionaire feud you know hopefully they get in this cage fight but this remind i'm listening to this history podcast and there's a story in medieval India of two kings that were meeting, you know, like a, an exchange kind of sultan meeting, and the custom was to stand up and obviously greet each other formally. Da da da. This one king's coming into the other guy's palace, so you know he's expecting the king that owns the palace to stand up, greet him. No, no, no. The owner of this palace, this king, sits there, sits down on his throne the entire time. He merely extends his hand, mm. like to say kiss it kiss it so the other king who's the visitor comes in is so insulted but he does he picks up the hand kisses it and then he turns to his crew his his maidmen, whatever and he goes hey bring me some water so i can wash my hand now that's some old timey like fuck you shit <laughs> like, these were the billionaires of their time <laughs> like these kings but these guys are just you know gonna fight in an octagon meanwhile these guys have subtle diplomacy and and fuck you so they could give each other i just thought story was amazing just i'll, I'll sure I'll, I'll touch your hand and then kiss it but i'm gonna wash my hands afterwards which obviously <laughs> was great
1: offense you know so <sighs> seeing as you're not a billionaire no. i hate to blow up your spot don't tell everyone my financial information <laughs> the thing is you're not a billionaire and you're not hoarding money what well, are you hoarding Okay. So one of my
0: favorite things about, you know, speaking of that, this billionaire son that I'll never think of again, hopefully after this episode. Yeah. So one of my favorite things is when, like, the Olympics, a major sporting event, or some news story happens, and I discover a person that I knew nothing about and didn't know they existed <laughs> in any capacity. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I am absolutely obsessed with this person. Like, uh, sure. like Adam Rippon or something You know, where you're just like, Oh my God, they're amazing. <laughs> and then you hear all these stories of their past and like people that have known about them for years are like, Oh, well, did you hear about this about them? And then you're like, no, they're my new favorite thing. Just my goldfish brain. I I'm obsessed with this thing. I'm just, I'm going to say this. Winston recently got to meet Mr. Adam Rippon. This was just an example, but and he got to hug him. I I, I will tell you how later nice. when it's. I was so upset. <laughs> but there's this, there's this show called stars on Mars right now on Fox. Mm-hmm. And it's a reality show where they take like eight celebrity or 12 celebrities. They stick them on this base and I'll show you and say that it's Mars. And they have to act as if they're like truly surviving on Mars. So every week they have like a disaster that happens and they have to do a mission And fix it. Like their food blew up the other day. So they had to do a new, you know, their water broke, whatever. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then each week they vote somebody out and they're like, you're not mission critical. Adam Rippon is on this show. So again, I'm just like really into Adam Rippon right now. (laughs) But Ariel Winters from Modern Family, she plays one of the daughters on Modern Family. Lance Armstrong is one of the contestants on this show as well. But Ariel Winters, child actor, probably, you know, homeschooled, set schooled little child, is like, oh my God. We have a real astronaut with us. She thought Lance Armstrong was Neil Armstrong. Oh boy. The man. And, and she, and then she even does a like, damn,
1: like, you know, Neil Armstrong
0: looks good. She, she was like, I, oh my God, is he maybe like going to be like the, the leader? Like what's going on? We have a real astronaut and she's telling another, you know, celebrity on, and then I felt so bad. Cause then she got in a confession later and she was like, I did, I almost didn't come on the show. Cause I was afraid I would say something stupid. And then I realized that lance
1: I said, I thought Lance Armstrong was an astronaut, <laughs> Neil Armstrong. I'm like, I was like,
0: Oh no, she caught it
1: <laughs> Me, uh, without even realizing that he's actually just a famous trumpet player. <laughs> Louis Armstrong, Louis
0: Armstrong, (laughs) the most famous astronaut of them all and cyclist. The the thing about Louis Armstrong, cyclist, astronaut, the Armstrong family, a lot to be proud of. They've got the plant
1: stores. Oh God, they're doing so well.
0: Discovering someone. So stars on Mars, you know, and discovering like somebody that you never heard of. And then suddenly making like them, your personality for like two weeks and then moving on to the next. That's what I'm hoarding.
1: It was very much you.
0: And I love (laughs) it about you.
1: (laughs) i'm like have you guys heard of this thing and then oh
0: also i'm immediately an expert on whatever it is like 100%. 100%. 100 he'd be I'm a like, great lawyer yeah oh yeah i just i wikipedia i read like one wikipedia
1: page and i'm like basically i have a phd on that got it <laughs> <laughs> are, nailed you, it nailed it what are you hoarding? so there's this thing called nano remo which is spelled n-a-n-o W R I M O. It stands for National Novel Writing Month. And yeah, yeah, Nano Remo. Yeah, yeah. Nano Remo. And so they've got National Writing Novel Writing Month is in November. But they have these things called Camp Nano Remo, which happened in April and July. And it's the same idea. So here's the here's the basis. In November, they everyone, this is a free service, it's a free, like kind of forum community, but everyone basically agrees. Okay. We're all going to write novels this month. We have to get to 50,000 words by the end of November. And that's how you quote, win NaNoWriMo. Now they've got camp in April and July, which is a little bit of a looser format of like, maybe you use camp for, to revise a novel that you've already written or for a screenplay or a short story or kind of whatever you want to do, or like, you know, write a novel, whatever. So I am hoarding this because I think I'm going to try it in July. And I'm encouraging our listeners to do it, to try it too. You know, like if you've ever thought, about writing a novel or in this case, cause it's camp, you know, a short story, a screenplay, yeah. whatever, like it's free sign up for nano camp, nano Remo, and you, we can be, we can be buddies. You know, you put your goals on there and it's just a lot of people operate wetter on deadlines. I am one of those yeah. people for sure. Same. And so, yeah, I think it, that's what I'm hoarding and I'm going to see it. Let's see how it goes. I might give up in like a week, but I hope I don't. And I, I encourage listeners to join me and do it too. I love it. I love it. Thank you. We love creativity. What are you throwing out? I'm throwing away robot
0: dogs. God (laughs) damn it. They will end us. I know there's an episode of Black Mirror where they, there's like a robot dog hunting people, blah, blah, blah. But like Boston Dynamics, all of that shit. Like if the cops get robot dogs, like game over. Like they will take over. I, I am not into- the, the, robotic deliveries. Like I've seen so many of them recently and they all have like little names. Like I'm Ava. My name is Brian. And it's,
1: and it's just the little robot dog's are, name isn't Brian,
0: but they're, they're like carts or like delivery carts that are robots. And they are chugging along the sidewalks of Los Angeles. And then if like an obstacle gets in their way, they have to like figure out how to get around it. I, I don't like it. They're taking our jobs. Robot dogs will end us. I stop doing this robotic shit. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I don't like it. I, I'm throwing them out. I think we should stop doing all of this. Like they, these robot dogs don't quit. They don't get tired. They don't have to rest. They don't have to have food. You can't pet them. Stop it. I hate, I hate it. Robotic dogs, we're done. We're done. Anyway, maybe I'm just being paranoid, but if billionaires
1: get robotic dogs, they will take over. What are you throwing away? Summertime colds. Ugh. Yeah. They're so annoying. What, what is the deal? You're, (laughs) I'm sorry. You're going to tell me that we're going to have the grayest spring in history for, or like the fourth grayest (laughs) spring since they started measuring how gray a spring could be. And then there's going to be a cold that's going to go around when (laughs) we can't enjoy it. Yeah. Because we have the sniffles. You want me to eat soup oh, when no, it's soup. 75 out? I can't horrible. I have no no time for this. Yeah. This time last year I had COVID oh. and it sucked. Oh. And now my beloved has a cold and I just I mean, there was a part of me that was like, you and I don't sleep in the same room because I don't Mm -hmm. want this negativity. And then I missed him. So then I was like, whatever, you know, like that's I'm your ride or die. We'll go down together. But I just, and I'm talking to more people and it was like, oh yeah, something's going around. Why? Why? Stop. Quit leaving the house if you don't feel good. And wear a goddamn
0: mask. Like it doesn't just have to be to prevent COVID. You can wear a mask. Like I, I, I went tanning the other day at my tanning spot, my, my spray tan and the guy working no mask and was like, sorry, I just have a cold. And I'm like, why are you at work? And why don't you have a mask on then? Like we can see your arms are tan. It's fine. This this is, is don't be here.
1: This it's complicated, you know, like if you don't go to work, you don't get paid, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's fine. Fine. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't have the answers. I just wish this wasn't happening. I don't want, I don't want to have a cold right now. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice outside. And yes, if you don't feel good, like just, and you have to go out, pop a mask on. We know it's annoying. I don't like to wear masks at sure. all, Who but does? like if I'm sick and I have to leave, ugh, I don't know, dude, it's just, this just sucks. Apparently, this one's a quick cold, but like, what does that even mean? What does
0: that even mean?
1: So yeah. I'm throwing out summertime colds. I think that they're uh, it's a cruel, cruel form of nature. I think it's a conspiracy.
0: Yeah, who who's doing it? The
1: billionaires. God damn it. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah,
1: where where can people find you? Okay,
0: you can find me at iconic Erica Curry on Instagram on TikTok.
1: I think that's all I want
0: to be found. Yeah. That's right, where you can babe. find me.
1: <laughs> what about you? You can find me on the trashy, trashy podcast. I was uh public again on Instagram for about three hours. And then I got grossed out and I, and I went private again. <laughs> Damn. I'm going crazy. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on the trashy, trashy podcast. Where do you find that? You may ask wherever you find podcasts i mean how are you listening to it right now oh but will you tell a friend please we really appreciate that that helps us out a lot like if you think that you have a friend who maybe is watching like too much cnn or something mm-hmm. like that and you're like you know like girl take a break like mm-hmm. you don't have to wean them off of news completely but no why don't you why don't you listen to to these gals because i like them um yeah. and and Maybe you'll like them too. Like that would be so, so great. They can find us at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and on Twitter and on TikTok. You can find our website, Trashy Trashy Podcast.com. We've got a Gmail Trashy Trashy Podcast at Gmail where you can send us stories or why you're trash. Give us a five star review. God, that helps so much. And we we just love you. We have the best little trash cans in the world.
0: We love you, baby trash cans. It
1: truly is. I was
0: just looking at our you know, pod on the, on the stats and we have a hundred plus reviews and a 4.9 rating. And that's because of you. And we appreciate it so much. So if you haven't left a review, please do so. And tell a friend it helps so much. Also use go trashy. Anytime you try to try to check out. <laughs> oh, in general. Just in general, yeah. I don't care if you're yeah, like see what happens on Lord and Taylor or oldnavy.com I'll Just be like, oh, what
1: does this do? Just see what because maybe they'll start to go, why do people keep using trashy? And then they'll find us. So- and then they'll find <laughs> us. And that's that's really great too. Yeah. I will make a promise right now though. Because if you're if you're a longtime listener and you're like, these bitches have ads now, I will make a promise. I'm not doing an ad for something I don't like. No, we'll never promote something that we don't. Use or believe in, and I'm not just—I'm not just saying that. I mean it. Erica knows. I—I turn down shit. I'm not that she's presenting things that I don't like very often, but she knows that I say no sometimes, and I and know I, that Erica says no. I got integrity. You cannot buy
0: me. That's why. That's why you can find us on Twitter, Elon Musk Twitter. <laughs> 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 All right, cut we'll the shit not- up.
1: Shh, quiet, quiet. <laughs> Hey, (laughs) Kath. What's going on, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage, girl. I will. Bye-bye. If I had a billion dollars, I don't know. If I had a
0: billion dollars.